Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome into another edition of Strategic Planning with my friend and yours, Mike Flanders, financial coach at Strategic Planning Corporation, serving you here in the Carolinas from his office in Colfax, right there off of Marshall Smith Road. I'm Mark Kelly and your co-host riding alongside with Mike as we talk about investing finance and retirement. You can find Mike at spcinvesting.com. That's spcinvesting.com. Make sure you tune in to the podcast there. If you haven't yet, subscribe to it, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, whatever the case is, whatever your podcast platform of choice is. Uh, you can always give Mike a call too, and we recommend you do so. If you hear anything on this podcast or any other show, really, and you, you want to take that information and run with it, we'll always check with a qualified professional before you do, just to make sure it's right for your situation. And Mike's here to help if you need to do that at 336-668-4338. That's 336-668-4338. Mike, buddy, welcome in. How are you this week? Hi, Mark. It's great to be back on the show with you, and I'm looking forward to what we're going to talk about today. I'm doing great. Hope you are. I am doing good, and we're in North Carolina, as we mentioned. We both are, as our listeners are listening to us, and we were just commenting before we got started. Now, we're taping this podcast the 1st of June here, but man, we just came off a crazy early heat wave, didn't we? We did. I was in South Carolina the other day, and it was 103 on yeah. the bank temperature. So yeah, it's it's getting up there. I think it's going to be a really hot one this year. I'm glad I have a pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they work out well. That's all I got to say. As I'm, I never knew I even wanted one until we bought this house a couple of years ago. My wife and I were like, oh. It has a pool. What a nice little bonus. You know, maybe we'll enjoy Very it. Nice. And now yes. we're like, we're like, I can't imagine never not having one. <laughs> so uh, uh, interesting stuff. But hey, that's a weather good. headline. But I, I got some financial headlines, Mike. I want to run past you this week. Interesting. Um, yeah, okay. I want to get your take on some of these. We try to have a little fun, as you know, on the show. But we also try to, you know, educate a little bit along the way, too. The UK Brexit thing, man, mm. it's on, it's off, it's on, it's off. <laughs> Yeah. You don't know what's going on there, you know, what's going to happen. Do you foresee this saga that is the Brexit deal eventually having some kind of impact over here on, on our side of the pond? Uh, yes. <laughs> just just yes. <laughs> yeah, but I just don't know what it will be. Right, uh, you right. know, you never can tell for sure how investors, how consumers, how the Wall Street will react to things. And so you obviously don't yeah. make decisions based on what you think might happen. It's kind of like the same as the Chinese trade thing, right? Absolutely. It's like it, we're just stuck in this quagmire of on again and off again. Who knows how right. it's going to affect us. So, yeah. Yeah. As we're recording this, I mean, you know, the market's been going down, down, down for uh, several weeks now because of yeah, all that. Yeah, I think that. we're, what, and five weeks now, I think? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, hey, what do we do? Do we jump out and say, hey, I got to get ahead of this thing? Do you jump in? Because yeah. it's, well, you know, the thing you, do, you or stay, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you stay on track with your objectives and your plan and you don't do anything rash. Talk to us. We'll help you figure out what you need to be doing. Yeah, because right now it's been a slow fall and a lot of it obviously is probably mm-hmm. attributed to the Chinese thing, trade economy going on here. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Well, kind of in that same vein then, right? So mm-hmm. I saw an economist at Goldman Sachs, and I'm sure this is probably part of what's going on, saying, well, they feel that a the risk of a recession, you know, next year is now at 10% chance of happening. Is this, is these predictions, do they mean anything? No. 
<laughs> Mike's killing me this week. <laughs> he just, <laughs> yes, no. <laughs> it's pretty simple. I mean, it means absolutely nothing. I don't know how many years, and particularly at the end of a year, I've heard these different prognosticators right. make these kind of things. Hey, recession's coming. Oh, hey, no, the market's going to And they're never right. I mean, once in a while, somebody's right, and they're now the guru of du jour, I guess it's called. It means nothing. Uh, yeah. You can't bank on this stuff. Well, you've been doing this for 42 years in the financial services mm-hmm. industry, so I am sure you have seen your fair share uh, of the prognosticators. Let's see, I can't even say the word. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> well, like you were about right there. Yeah, <laughs> right. Where you're going? Uh, well, the, it's like kind of like the weather guys. Like, I, there's a couple of like financial forecasters and actual weather forecasters. Like, they can be right every once in a while, and people mm-hmm. are like, "Oh, see, they were right." But if you wait right. long, if you wait five minutes, they'll be wrong. <laughs> yeah, and so, so don't then start following after they're right one time because yeah, the next yeah, next right. time up is probably not the best time to be doing what they're telling you to do. <laughs> very true. Very true. <laughs> All right. Well, one more headline, and then we'll get on, get okay. on into another topic. Tech companies, tech stocks have been interesting this year. That's for sure. And they've gone. You know, there's some tech companies that have gone public already, and there's more IPOs on the horizon. Do you recommend IPOs when we see some a hot item that's uh, getting ready that's announced that they're going to make their way into the marketplace? Well, I'll give you a little bit longer answer. Okay. Absolutely not. Oh, okay. It is longer. I thought you were going to say maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no. They're know, flashing they, the pans in the initial start, right? can be. Yeah. yeah, sure can be. I mean, think about Facebook a few years ago and just how it was so hyped and then it just down, down, down. And I think Twitter um, was really weird. Well, received mm-hmm. oddly as well, too, I think. I think it started great and then dived right away or something. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, some of these things, they should be in your portfolio eventually, but not at this point where there's so much volatility and you don't really have any measurement to be able to academically make a decision of whether they should be there or not. And they certainly shouldn't be there as an individual purchase. They should be part of your overall diversified, globally diversified portfolio structure, but not buying one thing and making a bet on it. Well, that's when we talk about diversification a lot of times, Mike, people say, well, I'm diversified. And you go, well, you're in all large cap stocks. So no, you're not. Yeah, you know, exactly. that same kind of thing. Right. And so we're not really doing a specific topic this week on our podcast. This portion of the show here, we're just kind of talking about some general things. I just kind of wanted to come at it at a different angle this week. Keep it like kind of loosey goosey, if you will. So that was some of our headlines. And, and I wanted to ask you now uh, just a, a random off the wall question, because I don't know, just why not get to know you a little bit better and have a little bit of fun and deviate from the norm. It doesn't always have to be X's and O's or numbers, if you will, here on the podcast. So I know that you like to do a lot of different things as we got to know each other a little bit over the few weeks and we're doing the show here. But if you had to live on another continent, Mike, mm. where would you like? I guess, right? I'm going to get you to thinking here. If you had to live someplace else, where would you like to uh, to make that? What continent? I didn't say country. I said continent. Yeah. Okay. Well, it would not be Antarctica. A, um, I was like, there's only what? Five <laughs> choices? <laughs> yeah. Not a, not a lot of them. But Yeah. You know, a lot of people, I think, would probably say something like Europe because it seems like it'd be easy, you know, similar uh, lifestyle as to the U.S. and all that kind well, of thing. Well, maybe, maybe a little history. Maybe you're in the history. Yeah. They've got more of that than we do, that kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And and so I wouldn't mind traveling there and doing, you know, seeing some of that. But I think I think I'd rather be somewhere like Africa. I've Ooh, always, interesting. Uh, yeah, it's always had an appeal to me. Read several books over the, my lifetime where Africa was a big part of a, someone's life and where they were. Um, great missionary stories, things like that. And a uh, movie I saw several years ago about a fellow that was um, 
goodness, I can't remember the country he was initially in, but he moved to South Africa. And the name of the movie was Faith Like Potatoes, and it was excellent. <laughs> Great title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, and it was a true story, uh, and and all. And um, so anyway, there's a lot of uh, cool stuff going on on that continent. A lot of neat people. Um, I mean, from uh, in a variety of types of people from the north, you know, in Egypt and uh, Libya and and all up in there, uh, down you know through the Sahara and mid-continent and then down in the south. So, I mean, there's a there's a lot of uh, diversity and variety there. Very cool, very cool. Now, you be prepped with the hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely will be hot. And, um, you know, I've always thought I'd like to do something a little different, you know, that I haven't been able to do. I, I'm not so much of a mechanics guy and all that sort of thing, but farming just has this appeal to me that I might like to just try my hand at a little bit of that. And I think that'd be a great place to try. There you go. Well, very, very cool. That's a little getting to know you question here this week on the show. <laughs> I'm going to stay with the off the wallness and just kind of move this all around and just kind of a no structured land this week on the podcast. All right. uh, Mike, let's let's do a little story time. I wanted to kind of get you to maybe toss at me, um, I don't know, a scenario or something where you've done something in your practice that you don't normally do. Maybe you were talking with a client, working with somebody. Maybe you made a recommendation that you usually don't. Well, kind of like we just were talking a minute ago, talking about those tech stock, those IPOs, and you said absolutely not. Maybe was there ever a time when you suggested something to somebody that kind of goes against a lot of the things you normally do? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. In fact, you just made something come right to my mind. Okay. I just recently did this with someone, and where I got it from is just my own experience. Many years, well, I say many years ago, back at the beginning of the 21st century, <laughs> I was uh, involved with a an internet startup company that I was helping to get off the ground, and we were getting ready to take it public. And through uh, a variety of circumstances, with Bear Stearns, our lead underwriter, we were ready to go in um, uh, and file with the Securities and Exchange Commission in March of 2000. And Bear Stearns said, oh, let's hold off. Some weird stuff's happening in the market right now. Let's let it clear out. And, of course, what was happening was the tech crash was uh, at its beginning. And we were at the peak of the market there in March of 2000. Ended up not going public. Ended up bankrupting that company. After uh, going out and, and getting private money lined up after Bear pulled out of the public offering, and speaking of IPOs, though, we were earlier. So we, we couldn't do that. We um, got private money lined up, but then 9-11 happened, and these uh, people we were getting the private financing from were three blocks off Wall Street. So they pulled out. Oh, and, wow. uh, yeah, we bankrupted it in May of 2002. And all during that time, I had been doing something that was really not wise, and I recommend against it with my clients. But uh, I was investing my own funds, retirement monies, other monies, borrowing money to keep that company going, uh, keep people working, paying payrolls, covering expenses, things like that. And so when the company went belly up, I ran the bankruptcy for the company and actually got paid by the bankruptcy court for a few years out of the proceeds there. But we sold off the assets and then closed it up as far as our operations. That company still is operating today under another name. But I was about $600,000 in debt. Oh, and, wow. Uh, 
had not been working really in my financial practice for a couple of years. I'd outsourced a lot of things. And so I had to get things kickstarted to try and figure out a way to pay my bills. And I hadn't been paid for a couple of years, too. So that's where all, some of the debt had come from is just trying to stay afloat while we got that thing going. And it was all driven by greed. Quite frankly, I was going to be a billionaire. And, you know, that that <laughs> making a bet on one thing, I learned a big lesson there. Well, recently I had a fellow was referred to me who is uh, just kind of in a situation where his uh, his debt is out of control and he needs some help with that. And so I recommended him the same thing that I did back then, which was quit paying your credit card payments because they won't talk to you until you're 60 days past due. And after 60 days, then you start negotiating with them to get a reduction. And not because you're trying to beat them out of the money, but they've gotten plenty of money from you on the excessive interest rates that they charge you over oh, the sure. time that yeah. you've been paying on that debt. And they build that into their process and into their rates and so forth. And so you, you, you do that. Now, the objection is, and where a lot of people say that's crazy advice, is it's going to blow up your credit score and your ability to borrow money. And I say, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, that's true. I'm not planning to borrow any more money. <laughs> that's how I got here. <laughs> that's exactly right. So, um, you know, you're going to take a hit on your uh, credit and it's going to last for a little while. But you would be amazed how short it is. They are eager to get back in there and give you credit again as soon as you get this thing handled. But I recommended to this person as well as what I did. We took a sharp razor to our expenses and cut everything. I mean, everything. Uh, get out of contracts that you have for services, drop subscriptions to print, video, television, you know, all kind of stuff. Uh, you don't need a phone like you think you need a phone. Uh, you can cut that back. You know, just all kind of things. So we did that. We set up a schedule to do what's called a debt snowball to pay off the debt, you know, what we couldn't negotiate out of. We worked with the uh, creditors and uh, were able to uh, get to a place where we could either, one, sell stuff that we had that we thought we needed, but we just wanted it. And so you, you get rid of it and you um, pay off debt. You get out of that. And um, it's a recommendation that some people have a hard time swallowing. I'm glad to say this guy got it. And so he has uh, taken everything off automatic payment. And is uh, in the process of selling some stuff. He's got some good stuff that he can possibly get rid of that might liquidate the debt. And we're working on budgets. So it's not an easy thing to swallow because a lot of our self-worth, ego, and all that is tied up in good credit scores, good histories. I've never missed a payment. I've never been late. I've never had a bounce check, you know, anything of that kind of stuff. Right, right. You got to give it up and just say, hey, you know what? If we got to burn the whole thing down, we got to burn the whole thing down because we got to get this thing taken care of. And so it's something, like I say, you don't go around just throwing that out and saying, yeah, everybody ought to do this. No, everybody's not in that kind of situation. Uh, there are other people I've uh, helped this year and last where uh, they didn't need to do that. They just need to buckle down and figure out that some of the things they're spending money on are not necessities, and they can redirect that money to getting out of debt and getting on a track to save money and, and get their retirement in place. So 
Well, you know, Mike, I think that's a really good way of looking at it. And you're right. We do tend to wrap ourselves up in our view of our self-worth with some of these things, these constructs that we've created here in our American way of life. And and sometimes mm-hmm. some, some situations do require more extreme measures than others. Uh, but having the conversation first with someone like you're doing, sharing your own example, not only here on the podcast, but with this client who can benefit from hearing that someone else has been in that same situation. And I think that's a lot of what you do as an advisor. A lot of times it's not just the X's and O's, the the playbook, if you will, the math, it's also sometimes the emotional factor. It was, I mean, Hey, we, we all view our money. We have a strong emotional connection to it, no matter whether it's good, bad or the other, right? We're, it's definitely a front runner in, in, Mm -hmm. in how we handle our emotions. So I think it's a really great place to end our podcast actually this week. A really interesting story. Thanks for sharing that. I was not expecting that to kind of go that route, but very cool, very interesting. And kudos to you for sharing that with us here on the podcast. And hopefully this client will continue to pull out of that as well and have great success. I'll tell you what, folks, we're going to wrap it up there, but if you've got questions or concerns, you need some help, you're not afraid to, have a conversation and be a little honest with yourself. Give Mike a call if you need a little uh, some advice on some things. He's here to help. 336-668-4338. As I mentioned earlier, he's been doing this for 42 years in the financial services industry. So a good resource for you to tap into in the Carolinas. 336-668-4338. If you'd like to talk with Mike, if uh, you want to follow the podcast, subscribe to it, catch on future episodes, listen to past episodes, go to spcinvesting.com. That's spcinvesting.com. And don't forget to check us out, whether it's on iTunes or Google Play or whatever is good for you. It's called Strategic Planning. You can just search that and you'll find us. And Mike, thanks for your time, buddy. I hope you have a great week. Thank you very much, Mark. I hope you do too. And I look forward to the next time with you. Yeah, we'll do it again next time here on the podcast with Mike Flanders from Strategic Planning Corporation. I'm Mark Killian. We'll see you next time. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.